Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is October 29th, 2022. Ooh, I'm sorry, I have to get it on my system. <laughs> I only have like, what, a couple more days. And then and then we won't be doing so ooky spooky, of course, of course. I'll be thinking about turkey. <laughs> but um, hopefully this podcast, this episode is catching you well. What is it? It's Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Um, pretty good day for me so far. Doing well, yes. Try not to have any, like, random mental freakouts. Existential dread, you know, the use. But, um, yeah, good day, good day. Um, no big food updates, sadly. You know, I had a ho-hum, you know, burger, hot dog, fry kind of thing, so. Um, we can just get into some news, just get after it. Let's see, for starters, we're coming out of the Yahoo News slash NBC News. Uh, This was a story that just, I don't know if it's like necessarily major, major, but just it, it, I don't know, it piqued my interest. It was very odd, so I wanted to cover it. California teacher accused of hiding missing teen for almost two years. So, like... I don't, I don't, like, there's not enough details that are out on the situation, but, um, man, like, let me just tell you, let's start off with the, the, the start. <laughs> let's just start at A. Um, a California teacher is accused of hiding a missing teenager who vanished more than two years ago and reappeared at his family's home in March, authorities said last week. So, Holga Castillo, Olive. Olivier, Olivier, oh gosh, Olivieres, that's what we're going to go with, 61, um, she is scheduled, was scheduled to appear in court on Monday, um, and the student was Michael, Mar- Michael Ramirez, who is now 17, he was 15 at the time of the disappearance, um, so, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Um, I guess he um, dated the, uh, he dated Oliveira's daughter. And I guess that's kind of the familiar, the familial type connection. So that's how they knew him. They, they knew each other. Because initially when I read this, or like before I got into the details of it, I was like, what? Like, so like the kid was abducted or it was a kid running away from home. And so the kid was running away from home. I think there was like an argument of sorts. And, um, but essentially he went to the home of the the Oliveras and he was just there for years. And I, I just couldn't imagine your parent like you're harboring a child like you have to imagine how that's making the family feel like they don't know where their kid is especially under those kind of terms like you just had an argument with your kid and now your kid just disappeared that's a nightmare um so it's not like i was looking for like excuses or anything like that but i'm just like it was just one of those like make make this make sense like i i'm just so confused and i i do think like once you see like okay it it is like your daughter's boyfriend or whatever so it's like okay like you're trying to like take care of him and like you know that this is better than like the street or something like that but like 
all the same, you, you gotta immediately tell the parents. You gotta keep it real there. I don't I don't understand what the the lag there for two years. And I guess he just, you know, left and then just came back like two years later. It, that, like that's a movie. That's crazy. So once I heard the whole story unfold there, and I mean obviously it's not the whole story. I would love to get some details and if there are any I will update the podcast. But um man, I was like, what the fuck? Um, in other news, we're going to be talking about some spy shit. I uh, got this from NPR. U.S. charges 13 in cases that involved alleged plots to advance Chinese interests. So this is a juicy bit. Um, now 13 people were charged and I think it's like between, um, like various plots to advance Chinese interests in the United States. So it's like two big situations. Um, Let's see, two of the cases were filed um, in federal court in the Eastern District of New York. In one, two suspected Chinese spies are charged with trying to obstruct a federal investigation into a China-based global telecommunications company. Um, it's also believed they didn't come out with a name officially, but um, I guess there is information in the charging document aligns with the Chinese tech giant Huawei, um, which was indicted in the in New York in 2019. Um, the defendants are Gu Chon He and Zing Wei, or Zing Wang, sorry. Um, they're accused of attempting to direct an employee of a U.S. law enforcement agency to obtain confidential information about witnesses, trial evidence, and potential new charges to be brought against the company. Um, more or less here, they were, like, trying to recruit a law enforcement official to, like, give them insider information, and this person agrees but this person is like a double agent and then he flips it on them and they get jammed up. Um, let's see. Let's get to the other one. In the other case, in, in the other case in New York, seven Chinese nationals who were allegedly working on behalf of the Chinese government were indicted for taking part in an alleged year-long campaign of threats of harassment to force a U.S. resident to return to China. Two, in the, two of the individuals are in U.S. custody. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of some deep shit. I guess, apparently, there is, um, like, a program, like a, like a kind of, like, spy-type program, I guess you could say, maybe, whatever, a, a nationwide initiative or something. like. It's like, and this is from China, called, like, Operation Fox Hunt or something to that effect. And, you know, essentially, they send out operatives, agents, whatever. They embed themselves in areas, but they're looking for, you know, people who have left China, like China, Chinese criminals. Um, But a lot of these criminals are like political criminals who fled for those kind of reasons. And they're looking to say, hey, what are you doing here? You need to go back home. And it's like, no, I'm not going to go back home. It's like a death sentence. Like, that's no, 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 no way. Like, I'm not going to go so I can get arrested and then go to a camp. And plus, I don't want to go to China. I just don't want to go back. I'm cool. Um, I like my internet. <laughs> but, um, I mean, China has internet. But it's definitely, it hits different <laughs> when, when you're in China. 
But, um, yeah, it's just crazy the level of spy shit here. You know, obviously you can go, yeah, Operation Fox Hunt. So, um, just spicy, spicy shit. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, obviously this is a highlight on China, but let's not ever get it twisted. Like, you know, America doesn't have spy shit going constantly everywhere all the fucking time. Um, and just all countries do this. To, if you have the power to do it, you're going to do it. You're going to do some spy shit. Uh, I just found it interesting and wanted to cover it. Um, also, Netflix thing. If you have uh, if you have an account, whatever, Spycraft. It's pretty good. I liked it. It was a fun little thing. Um, obviously, you can hear some little bit, a little bit of biases throughout from like the talking heads that they have. But it's, it's fun. It's nice looking at some uh, spy gadgets, gizmos, and techniques. Um, let's see. I actually might not be getting that title right, but I'm sure if you search it on Netflix, you'll find it. <laughs> um, and some other news. Yahoo News and Associated Press. Uh, school gunmen had AR-15 style weapon, 600 rounds of ammo. Um, and now this is about the 19-year-old Orlando Harris. Um, he went to a St. Louis high school And, you know, he had this AR-15, he was loaded up, he had, like, bullets, you know, like, strapped to his chest and shit. Um, what is it, I think security sees him, he immediately calls police, but, you know, he's not able to detain him or stop him. He gets in, and, um, essentially kills two other people. He kills a student and a teacher. Um, let's see, um... There was a 10th grader, Alexandria Bell, um, and then Jean Kuska, who was a 61-year-old phys ed teacher. Uh, let's see, I also have another article here with some more stuff. Um, oh my god, I hate when, like, there's ads and stuff. It's the worst. And they just stick around. Um, Orlando Harris's gun was taken away over mental health fears. How did he go on to commit the St. Louis shooting? Um... Let's see here if I can see it. Um, yeah, 15 years old. But um, it's just a sad situation. He was also gunned down by the police. The police were, I would say, pretty effective in the situation. It was not like the Uvalde situation. There was no door problem. And also, this is a bit of a tangent because I do not think I'm going to be able to get to it. But it was something that happened. There was an interview with, this, with the... Um, the teacher who was blamed in the Uvalde shooting situation with the door and they even the like a law enforcement guy, like a top dude or whatever had said that was a big, big flaw here. And that was one of the fingers he was pointing at was, was his teacher. And she got so much flack, so much shit for this. And she wasn't even at fault. Once again, the door shit never fucking mattered. And not to mention it was literally closed. So it was not the issue there. Um, but you do hear in this article that, um, doors get mentioned a lot, you know, yada, 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 but he wasn't able to get in. He was able to like, they don't go into the details. Um, I believe like an officer by the name of like Sack, I don't have his full name ready, uh, Michael Sack. Yes. St. Louis, uh, police commissioner, Michael Sack. He doesn't go into the details cause he doesn't want to like divulge that potential like security weakness of the school. But, um, essentially he was able to get in and, you know, he had this, you know, obviously murderous intent. He was talking as he was doing it. 
there was a report that he like you know said like oh you know i'm gonna kill you and he was like shooting people he was like eye to eye with someone he pulls the trigger the gun jams fortunately um person gets away um he winds up barricading himself police shoot him um there was a note that he had left and and mind you he is returning to the school by the way it's like an art school um let's see yeah the central visual and performing arts high school sorry about that i should have mentioned that earlier but um he mentions like a letter and he's just saying like you know how sad he was he felt like he didn't have family friends he didn't have a girlfriend um and you know he's just saying like and i think what is it the police officer says like he just kind of like fit the formula to be a you know this this the shooter and it's a sad you know a sad thought it's a sad way that we've kind of just i don't know it's, we as people have gotten to that it's it's like this now um i think what is it this is like the 40th shooting this year already and that we're just saying this year um i don't know and like I said, I, I picked this one. I mean, there's others. I'm going to try to maybe get through it this weekend or maybe um, bonus episode, whatever. But, you know, like I said, I was born um St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so in a way, this kind of just hits to me. Um, it's sad to, to hear and see about this. And it's sad that this is like one of the quote unquote better case scenarios. Um, but then also from the other article too, it's crazy how this this 19-year-old has access to this kind of firepower. Um, obviously, you can debate me, whatever the fuck, on the legalities, on why or why not. You should be allowed to do it. American rides, yada, 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 second minute, minute. <laughs> second, yada, yada. <laughs> but um, it's crazy that, you know, he had the gun potentially confiscated. Um, essentially, though, they couldn't legally take the gun from him. Like, the family calls in, like, in a, like a you know, wellness kind of thing, and they're like, he has his gun. We don't think he should have it. He's a threat. He has, like, mental Ill- mental health problems. And, um, you know, he just didn't have his gun. And they're like, hey, they responded, but they couldn't do anything legally. But then I think another family member came in, and they said, hey, we'll, we'll hold on to the gun. But somehow, some way, he's able to get his hands on it. I think the thing that's fucked up to me is reading this article, going through this, hearing this shit, it is bar for bar deja vu. I think the only thing that's really different that I haven't heard was like, oh, you know, a family member um, was able to confiscate it. But the fact of the matter is that a kid, like a young adult, 18 years old, like you can have a shotgun, you can have an AR-15, you can have all these fucking guns that you can just blow away people with and, um... Even if you have a mental health thing, even if we're doing, like, the red flag shit, it's just sometimes people can still slip through. So it's like, what do you do? Um, I do think, though, the red flag shit is so far the best method, the best thing um, in terms of, like, when you're dealing with, like, mental health. Like, having that kind of awareness and and being able to, like, hotkey that kind of information I think is good. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I think there should be more. Um, I, I know I definitely have friends though who would disagree with that. And, and it's hard. I, I don't want to ever infringe on people's rights to bear arms. You're just not going to win that battle in America. You're just fucking not. <laughs> and in a lot of countries, I think it, it really is an issue. It's really hard. But, um, 
I, I do think we just got to do more. You know, something has to change. Like, they just should not be so fucking common. You know, when it's in your schools, it's in your 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 neighborhoods. It's everywhere. Like, um, just shouldn't be like that, man. Um, we're gonna move on to another um weird situation, I guess you could say, bizarre. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Well, let's just get into it. I got this from the Associated Press. Good old AP. Suspect and assault at Pelosi home had posted about QAnon. So, this is about David DePappy, and, um, he, um, I don't know, this guy's a character, man, but he assaulted Nancy Pelosi, was it Paul Pelosi, um, who's 82 years old, we've covered him before, he was, uh, doing the old drunken drive, and got, you know, nabbed up about that, but, you know, that's another story, it's old news, but DePappy came in, you know, looking for Nancy Pelosi. You know, he's quoted as saying, where is Nancy? And um, I guess when the police arrive, the two men have hammers and um, they are getting physical with each other. And I think at some point in this altercation, DePappy gets Pelosi's hammer and maybe I'm getting this wrong. I'm just, this is what I've gleaned from this and also listening to other stories, stuff like this, uh, the whole pipeline. You know how it goes. Um, but apparently, I think he had plans to like tie up Paul at that point. And he was like looking for Nancy, who is in Washington right now. You know, she's doing the whole midterm push shit. Uh, so she wasn't there. Um, but this dude's just going postal. And, uh,. You know, police apprehend them. I mean, they they go both go to the hospital. They both sustained, you know, injuries, and uh, I believe Pelosi went into surgery even, but um, he is slated to make a full recovery. So that's that's good. But um, shit is bizarre. And when you get into David Pappy, this is uh, and honestly, I mean, that's that's why you know QAnon is mentioned because it, it lets you know, hey. You're going into the hell mouth here. Uh, th- this dude apparently is from Powell River, British Columbia. So, you know, from up north, up yonder. Um, and I guess he follows his girlfriend uh, to San Francisco. And I believe her name is um, Gypsy something. Um... See if I can find it here in the article. Uh, Yeah, we gotta get into the naked part. Naked grandma. Um, I think it's Taub. Yeah, Gypsy Taub. Sorry about that. Had to do some skimming. (laughs) But yeah, um, let's see. Yeah, photographs published by the San Francisco Chronicle. On Friday, identified to Pappy frolicking nude outside City Hall with dozens of others at the 2013 wedding of pro-nudity activist Gypsy Taub, who was, oh, marrying another man. Taub did not respond Friday to calls or emails. So maybe I'm getting that wrong with the girlfriend part here. I don't know, man. This, this shit is a hydra of information. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, there's also... He is labeled as, like, um, from the Chronicle, as a hemp jewelry maker. 
um, who lived in a Victorian flat in Berkeley with Taub. So yeah, yeah, I'm assuming that they were dating, but they were just in like a polyamorous kind of situation. Been there, you know, that's, that's not the problem here. (laughs) But, um, let's see, um, but Taub hosted a talk show on local public access TV called Uncensored 9-11. So that's, that's good. Um, in which she appeared naked and pushed conspiracy theories that the 2001 terrorist attacks were an inside job. Um, and hey, man, we all love a good conspiracy. That's, once again, not the pro. Well, it might be the problem, actually. Like I said, I, I kind of like that conspiracy theory talk has kind of changed because it had to change. It's gotten so crazy. And you literally can just turn anything into a conspiracy theory. And that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, when we're talking about magic bullets and, you know, we're getting into, quote unquote, who did 9-11 and all that kind of stuff, that's one thing. But at the same time, the 9-11 is a good example because you can just see how these things can spiral out. And QAnon just takes any kind of thought and warps it into something very, very terrible. And it activates people and it turns just normal random people potentially or people maybe who aren't so normal, who maybe are on the fringe. And it just makes this pipeline and it just turns them into something that they weren't supposed to be. Um, I mean, I don't know. This the Pappy guy, like I said, he's got a lot going on. I've seen some like Twitter profiles that I think were quote unquote linked to him um, that are saying some very, very wild ass shit. Um, uh, it's very hard to keep up with, very hard to digest. But um, this dude was definitely, definitely anti some shit. And um, I don't know. You, there's almost like a road that kind of tracks these people to these events. You know what I mean? To the January 6s, to, I guess, the Pelosi home, ready to, ready to find Nancy. I don't know, man. Um, so this is some crazy shit. Wanted to talk about it. You know, the old breaking news. Um, gonna move to the next bump. And this is kind of the last thing. This is like a little bit of a combo piece. Um, so I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit it here. You know, you know the old break. Ooh, oh boy. Okay, so gonna do a little bit of an old news thing here because I missed the bump in terms of like the last news cycle, but it does kind of pair well with what's going on this week. So I figured, hey, let's just do it. Let's just run it. So. Uh, first half, that was from The Guardian, um, Iranian um, climber Elnaz Rikabi reportedly under house arrest. So this was a story um, from a, like, a competition that took place in South Korea where um, Rikabi, she participated in an event and it, it was a big deal because obviously what we what is going on in terms of the protests over the death of Masa Amini you know they are still going on I believe they are in their like their past five weeks like so we're going past 40 days of this shit it's deep which is 
it's good that people are still fighting and not giving up, you know? Um, I have a pat, like I have a heart to really tell those stories and talk about the stories a lot because it's important. It's important to not give up when you see something happening over and over and over and over and over again and it doesn't stop and it's so heartbreaking to deal with. You have to fight. You have to do what you can. And um, if I can use whatever little bit of platform to tell those stories and talk about that shit, I want to do that. So, um, you know, she said, I'm not wearing the, the scarf. I mean, and, and we're talking about, at least as I heard these stories as they happened, she was like, yo, I'm not, not doing it. I'm going to participate. I'm going to just not have my headscarf on. It's just going to happen. And that's obviously a big to do. Um, the, you know, Iranian laws on the headscarves, you know, wearing her a job, extend outside of Iran. That, that just doesn't change. So her doing that was a big statement. But there was immediate backlash. So, like, the second she gets home, she's not allowed to go home. Like, she's, instead of going to um, the, um, instead of going home, she is more or less put um, to, like, like their kind of sports facility, I guess you could say. Um, and um, yeah, the uh, she was held at the National Olympic Academy um, under watch of Planko's officers um, until she met the minister. So, and the minister who is um, Hamid Saad Sajadi. Gonna say that that's how it is. Um, but what's really sad here is like she's pretty much and and leading up to it she kind of knows that she's gonna have to change her story a bit and she kind of modifies and say hey it was an accident like i accidentally kind of left it i accidentally it fell you know as i was climbing up yada 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 like she's explaining hey this was a malfunction not not intended and also she's implored when she is you know more or less apprehended at the facility um that you need to change your story you weren't doing this in active protest. And if you don't change your story, we are going to take, um, what is this? They say a hundred, um, I think it's million rials, um, which is equivalent to 276,000 um, pounds. I think I'm getting that right. You know, you guys know I'm bad with numbers and this is international numbers. So that's a lot of money. That's more than dollars. Um, you know, in terms of we're talking about pounds to USD, um, but it's worth of their family property unless she uh, made a forced confession. So obviously that's fucking hardcore shit. That's sad shit. Um, but I think everyone really saw through that in a good way. And they said, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Fuck it. We appreciate her. Excuse me. Protesting. And, you know, she, we just hope that she's fine. And I think essentially she is under house arrest at this point. Now, you know, officials have come out and said she's not under house arrest, but she's not allowed to leave her home, you know. And I, in the situation, I think she was forced to stay like overnight too at the facility because they were like said like she didn't have a change of clothes. So like, I don't know. Shit's fucked. Shit's gnarly. Um, but like I said, it's going to segue us into the current news of the week. Uh, which I got from Yahoo News and the AFP. Iran protests rage overnight after Masa Amini commemoration. 
Um, so this took place like at her funeral at, um, let's see, it's like kind of like outside of uh, Saquez, uh, which is on Wednesday. They're paying tribute at her grave um, at the end of the traditional mourning period. Now, I believe either at some point there at the funeral or when they move to like go protest more um, at like a... I want to say like an official area, like a like a government area, like building type thing. Um, yeah, many were seen heading to the governor's office in the city square. But at some point, the security forces fire uh, tear gas and they open fire on the people at the square. Now, like I said, when I initially read headlines, I thought it was at the um, actual grave where they do this. And then and like things kind of spiral out. So I'm not entirely sure. Um once again, I might I might be totally getting that wrong here. You can totally go off the article, but just either way, it's fucked up and it's sad. You should be letting these people have their traditional time to grieve, like just period. Like if you were talking about keeping things official here, like why are you doing this now? Granted, they are gonna maybe use the excuse of like, well, these people are protesting while they're here. They're doing it, like it said in the article. Uh, there was a woman who was standing on the car without her hijab on. Um, and, and mind you, this is also going on in the city. Like I said, the protests have been going on. They are non-fucking-stop. Um, people are actively saying, hey, I'm not going to wear a hijab. And they leave the house. They do their shit. They're, they go about their 9 to 5, their daily life that day without it. And that's a scary thing, you know? Um, and like I said, this isn't for me to judge another person's, you know, another, you know, culture, society's way of life. That's not what we're trying to do here. It's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but we are talking about people who are being beaten, who are being tortured, you know, who are being forced to go through, you know, a country's propaganda for these religious customs that they are using to oppress people. It's just, it's not needed. You know, there are going to be plenty of people who are going to follow this if you just give them the choice to, like in terms of like wearing a hijab. But when you're making the, this this big life and death thing and you are taking people's lives over it, people are going to keep fighting over it. I mean, this isn't the first time, obviously. It's not going to stop, you know, even if it is, quote unquote, stopped for now, which it's not. It's still going. So, you know, talking about, you know, the rock climber, you know, Rakabi, and then also just the situation that happened at our commemoration, I just, you know, I wanted to book in the episode with that. Um you know, I don't I don't want to stop talking about that stuff. So um, just thank you for listening, though. Thank you. If you know, if you're still here, you're still hanging out. You're a champ. You're the boat. You're the, you're the best. <laughs> I was going to say you're the boast. I'm boasting about you right now. Um, live online. Um, but hopefully you stay well. Um, and hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye. Mwah.